Well, good morning, and again, good morning to all of our friends in our CFC family online with the, with the live stream. Uh, my name is Pastor Cooper Jensen, in case you've just now logged in and maybe you haven't been a part of anything that, we're, that we've done. I'm associate pastor here at CFC, and again, I want to say welcome to Cheney, Arizona. I mean Cheney, Washington. Sorry. This has been like one of the warmest Labor Days we've had in a long time, right? Enjoy it, because next week we're going to have three feet of snow. Just saying. We were actually, we, we were just reminiscing. Um, so last year, Pastor Mark's daughter, Allie, got married um, at the end of September, like September 29th or something like that. And that, if you, ever, if you remember last year, that day was like a blizzard, like a legitimate, like middle of January style blizzard. There was, I think, four inches of snow and like all this stuff. And it was just crazy. They were planning like an outdoor fall wedding, right? September 29th. They're like, yeah, you're good for that. No. You're not good for that. We live in the Northwest. We live in the inland Northwest, where you'd have never, you just never know what's going to happen. Well, this morning, um, we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, we're essentially in kind of like a flex week between our sessions with this study of 1 Corinthians. So 1 Corinthians, it's 16 chapters, but we split it up into three sections. So we just got done with chapters one through five as our session number one. Next week on the 13th, we're gonna start uh, preaching on our next session, which is chapters six through 10. And then later on will be our third session, which will be uh, chapters 11 through really 15, because chapter 16, the very last one, is literally just Paul saying like, all right, see ya, bye. <laughs> you know, that's, he's just basically saying goodbye like in that chapter, which... You can totally like journal on and devo on, but you'll just be like, Paul said goodbye to this person. I should probably say goodbye to some people. I don't know. Maybe that's what you need to get from that. So what we're doing now is we're having some like kind of flex weeks in between our sessions, and that's intentional. That is to make it attainable for people who might have been out of rhythm or wanting to get back into rhythm to feel like they can just jump back in with our study in 1 Corinthians, to feel like, well, they've already started this whole long 15-week journal that's this thick, and I can't jump in, and I've already lost all this stuff. It's like, no, jump in on session two. Like, we're going to just jump right back in. So it makes it a little easier for us to kind of chunk that out. And then by the end of it, when you do all three sessions, you've done 15 weeks of study in 1 Corinthians. And so as a reminder, on Sundays, we're, we're kind of driving the week with our messages. We're, we're, we're taking that week's chapter, we're preaching on it, and then the journal follows up with more unpacking of the scripture, some more application and things like that, kind of the meat of, of that time. Because Sunday is one day of the week, right? There's six other days, and so it's important to continually to be uh, invested as you are just studying God's word and making that a part of your life. And so we're in this flex week, and so what, what I thought we, we, we would do is essentially just kind of review a little bit of some of these big truths that God has been showing us in 1 Corinthians, but I also want to recast some vision for our journals. We're, we're kind of banking a lot on these journals as a, as a, as, as a church culture because we really believe this is where you start to unpack and really dive in to your spiritual walk, is that everyday rhythm. And so we are really wanting to promote these journals as something like you should be doing, not as like, here's an extra resource. It's like, no, here is the thing that we are doing during this time. 
We want to really cast that vision because we see the importance of it. We see that it is vital to our daily spiritual lives that we have a rhythm, that we're reading God's word, that we're also dialoguing on God's word with some other people, that we're yielding to the Holy Spirit and letting him speak to us, that we're praying for people, and that we're just doing all these things as part of our natural rhythm. And so we want to encourage you to, to make that happen as a part of what you're doing here if you attend CFC, but even, even if you don't. Um, we have journals, obviously, here at the church. So as you walked in, you got some when you came and checked in. We had some for our big uh, shaved ice giveaway day on Thursday. Anybody come to that here in person? A few people, yeah, a few people. Maybe if you're at home, you, you came last Thursday. It was hot. We had shaved ice. Actually, I want to play a couple of videos. Um, we have a couple queued up um, just to kind of show some of the fun that we were having. And um, let's play, just play one of them. And it's just kind of fun to see. AJ, what's, what's what flavor happening. did you get? Uh, it's like neon. Lime. How's it taste? Nice. AJ, what flavor did you get? <laughs> there we go. Yeah, AJ's just like, this is good. This it's is like great. It's like neon. Yeah. What flavor did I have? I don't know. Lime? It's sugar and it's on ice. How's it taste? And that's great. That's lovely. And I want that. So, um, so we, we had the Kona ice, shaved ice truck come on Thursday. It's just something fun to do to just say, hey, we're going to have some free shaved ice. Come and pick up uh, journals. It was primarily for like kids and families because they're not really a part of what we're doing uh, things here on Sunday. We don't have kids' classrooms. So we wanted to just bless them and say, hey, bring the kids, get some free shaved ice, pick up your, your next session journals. And it was great. I think we gave away... Um, close to like 70 of those journals um, to families and things like that. And then adults also picked up their journals. So, <clears throat> excuse me, it was a great success. And it was just also fun to have a bunch of sugar on shaved ice, right? Like what's better than that on a hot, hot day? It's good stuff. So again, I'm gonna give some vision at the end of my message about um, using this journal and making it something a part of this rhythm um, with it. So what we're gonna do, is we're going to start off a little bit different in our service. A resource that I use quite frequently and I really enjoy is called The Bible Project. Um, it's a group of pastors, theologians, artists, um, people that really just love to study God's word, but also take the concepts and like biblical themes and make them into really great visual concepts that are like easy to understand, but also really good to look at. And so what I want to do is I'm going to play like the first half or so of a longer video about 1 Corinthians. And so this guy's name is Dr. Tim Mackey. He's kind of the founder of the Bible Project. Um, he has a couple of uh, doctorates in theology, and he just loves to unpack the context of Scripture and bring that to life for anybody to understand and be like, you don't have to have a doctorate of theology to understand like what Paul is doing here and the bigger concepts of things. And so it's about three and a half minutes of a video that we're going to display. And for those at home, it'll also show up on your screen just fine. So it'll be like you're just you know, with us here. And so uh, we're going to go ahead and play that video. And then I'm going to come up and just kind of finish a couple of some main points throughout um, 1 Corinthians. The Corinthians. There it is. Written to a church community that Paul knew really well. Corinth was a major port city in the ancient world and had lots of temples to Greek and Roman gods. It was a big economic center. And so Paul strategically came here as a missionary. He spent a year and a half there getting to know people, talking to them about Jesus. 
and a whole bunch of people became followers of Jesus and formed a church community. You can read about all of this in Acts chapter 18. So after a while, Paul moved on to start churches in other cities, and he started getting reports that things were not going well at all back at the church in Corinth. It was plagued by all kinds of problems, and that's why he wrote this letter. It's broken up into five main parts, along with a final greeting. And these five sections correspond to five main problems that Paul is addressing. And so the letter reads like a collection of short essays on different topics, but there are these core ideas that unite all of the pieces together. So here's what he does in each section. He describes the problem, but then he always responds to that problem with some part of the story of the gospel, which is the good news about Jesus. And he shows how they're actually not living out what they say they believe. And so this letter is all about learning to think about every area of life through the lens of the gospel. So let's dive in and see how he does it. In chapters one through four, the problem is that there are these divisions in the church. There are some other teachers who had come through town since Paul left, a guy named Apollos and then Peter, and people had picked their favorite teacher and then became groupies around that leader and then started to talk bad and disrespect people who favored another leader or teacher. And so Paul, his response to this is kind of sarcastic and sharp. He says, you have to be kidding me, right? The church is not a popularity contest. The church is a community of people who are centered around Jesus. Its leaders and its teachers are simply servants of Jesus. So while you might prefer one leader more than another, it's not worth dividing over and certainly not speaking poorly about each other. The center of the church is Jesus and the good news about who he is and what he's done. In chapters 5 through 7, Paul addresses some problems related to sex. There were a number of people sleeping around in the church. One guy with his stepmother, a number of other people still worshiping at the local temples to greet gods and sleeping with the prostitutes who worked there. Not only that, but there were people in the church who were saying that this was all just fine. They said, hey, we're free in Christ. God's grace is bottomless, right? It's fine. Paul says it's not fine. And with the gospel in hand, he shows just how wrongheaded this kind of thinking is. He says, remember, first of all, Jesus died for your sins, including the ruin of broken relationships that's caused by sexual misconduct. And so if you're a Christian, sexual integrity is one of the main ways that we respond to Jesus's love and grace. Paul also reminds them that just as Jesus was physically raised from the dead, so our bodies will be raised from the dead, which means this. If your body is being redeemed by Jesus now and in the future, then what you do with your body matters. It matters a lot. And it's not yours to do whatever you want with. Paul's being super clear. Being a follower of Jesus involves no compromise when it comes to sexual integrity. Perfect. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Written to a oh, it's on a little loop thing. <laughs> We're going to watch it again. Let's get our popcorn out, and that'll be today's service. Um, so again, what, what I love about these videos are just the simplicity of them in a visual way to bring 
some more context, understanding of, of what's happening. So they have a ton of videos, and, and I will definitely plug them. It's a free resource. Their heart is to equip the church with all these things. So they're like, just download them, use them. Like, we want to be a blessing to the church. And so I want to encourage you. It's called thebibleproject.com. Um, they have great, great things on there. And so use that for your own study and um, more in-depth study of all sorts of biblical themes. Well, um, I want to just do a couple of points this morning of some things that I felt like even rereading um, the first five chapters of 1 Corinthians that the Lord's kind of brought out in my own heart and mind. And sometimes it's in like my Cooper language <laughs> and like how I do my devotions and stuff like that. But the first point is this, is humans are never perfect and we're always going to have differences. And that video even kind of alludes to that, right? Like they have these followers and everybody has their thoughts and opinions about everything. And I think an honest fact of life is that there always are going to be differences of opinions, and these differences are going to either lead to division, or else they can start to lead to a place where we can come together and be unified under not the opinions, but under a grander thing, and that is Jesus. And if we choose, to, like, like, like Paul is saying, and he actually charges the church, he's like, don't be like divisive, be unified. And if we choose to be unified under the banner of Christ, that provides a platform for conversation that can then lead into understanding. I think the biggest thing right now in our culture, in our cultural moment, is we don't want to understand each other. We want to just share what we think is right and then call it good. And Paul, he is, he is very clear and very direct. He says, no, the main thing is not what you think is right. The main thing is not what you believe is the perfect opinion about this leader or this teacher or this. The main thing is Jesus. That is the biggest thing that we need to be united on. And like the video showed, it's a gospel lens. It's the mission of Jesus should shape and transform who we are at all times. And I was even thinking a little bit about the ministry of Jesus during his time on earth, he was very inclusive, right, of a lot of people within his ministry. And really, for people who didn't know the truth or who were outcast in society, he would bring them in to his ministry and minister to them and share the love of God. And Jesus was also exclusive, but he was exclusive to people who knew the truth or the cultural, like, truth, and then abused it. The Pharisees, right? He was like, Pharisees, like, get out of here. Like, you're a bunch of vipers. You're a bunch of snakes. Like, he was exclusive to them, which is crazy. And that is like the people that they thought they were the right one, that their opinion was what mattered. They missed it, right? They, didn't, they missed the heart of God. They believed it was about their opinion. And so what we see now translated is Paul is realigning, and Paul used to be a Pharisee, He's realigning everybody's hearts and saying it's not about your opinion. It's not about what you think is right. It's about Jesus. Jesus is the main thing to be united in. And right now, like I said before, in our cultural moment, there are many thoughts, many opinions about what's right, what's wrong, um, even how to do church like right now and, and this mandate and that mandate. And we've heard a lot of those opinions. We've heard a lot of those thoughts and we appreciate them, but some are honestly like super hurtful and very divisive. And just saying like as pastors and as leaders, we're human, <laughs> you know, we're figuring this thing out. 
And we've never gone through a crash course of how to lead a church during a pandemic or all these things. So we're learning and growing. And we're really, truly seeking the Holy Spirit's guidance in this. That is the biggest thing that Paul starts to go into later in this letter, is he reminds the believers, seek the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit guide you and lead you in all things. Let that be something that shows out. And so in this season, there's churches, and even if we were to pull churches here in Cheney, we're all doing things differently. We have different ways of doing things. But what we're united in is Christ. What we're united in is the message of Jesus. And I have to believe, and they have to believe too, that we're all being led by God's Spirit to lead our people in that way or this way. But we're all under this banner of Jesus and his mission to not only love God, but to love people. And that's what we're doing. And that's what we have to be centered on and unified in. And so like April mentioned for our memory verses with, with the kids and with us as adults, 1 Corinthians 1.10. So I want to read it out loud right here in the NLT. It says this, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. You can say, well, doesn't thought and purpose mean like how you do church? No, no, no. The thought and purpose of Jesus. And what is a gospel-centered ministry that is being lived out? And Isaac kind of mentioned our church's uh, vision is to help people know Jesus and to live for him daily. And that's that renewing of we, we know Jesus. We are saying yes to him, but we're letting his truth and the Holy Spirit renew who we are every single day as we move out to, to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love our neighbor as ourself. That we are knowing Jesus, that we are growing in him, and that we are going outward in his name to share this message of hope with others. So again, Paul starts to now transition into another large theme that I think is pinnacle to the life of a Christian, and that is the need of the Holy Spirit. And so I kind of have my next point. It's kind of a little tongue-in-cheek, but it says this. We only need the Holy Spirit on days that end with why. It's every single day. Like Paul is so clear on this truth. And in chapter two, he mentions the Holy Spirit, I want to say close to 15 times. If he mentions it that much, it's probably pretty important. And what, he's, and what he is saying is we need wisdom. We need guidance. We need leadership. And that comes from the Holy Spirit. That comes from his lead. We all have God's spirit as Christ followers. So let's enact that. Let's let that live out in our lives to be led appropriately and to be led in all wisdom by his spirit. So it says this in 1 Corinthians 2.12. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so that's like the world's knowledge or whatever you might say it is, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. And that is a life in Christ and living that outwardly in a world that doesn't get it, in a world that needs that truth in a world that needs the knowledge of who Jesus is. See, as Christ's followers, the Spirit of God lives within who we are. But that is not the end. That's not just the end of the story. Of like, oh, sweet, I got God's Spirit. No, it is about actually enacting that. And so I have kind of a long point-ish 
here. It's more of a statement, and it says this. We have to cultivate and communicate in our relationship with God's Spirit so we can evaluate our lives through a gospel lens. It's kind of a lot to, to take down, to write down, if you want, in your journals. We'll leave it up for a while, but I'll say it again. We have to cultivate and communicate in our relationship with God's Spirit so we can evaluate our lives through a gospel lens. Cultivate, what does that mean? Well, I kind of see it as, as, a, as a gardening term, like you are digging in, you are cultivating the ground, right? You are, you are digging in to God's Spirit. That means every day you're saying, Holy Spirit, I need you. By faith, I know you will empower me to not be a jerk, but to love my enemies, to trust in what you are doing in this season of life. See, you are being proactive in this relationship with God's Spirit that's already indwelling in you. But you are cultivating that, that relationship. You are digging into it. You are responding to it. So we have to cultivate our relationship with the Holy Spirit. we got to communicate as well. In any relationship, if there's a breakdown of communication, that relationship most likely will fail. Amen? doesn't matter what relationship it is. If it's a boss, employee, sibling, spouse, son, mother, whatever it is, like you have to communicate. If you don't, that relationship breaks down very, very fast. The thing that is so pure is the Holy Spirit is always <laughs> communicating to us. So we need to communicate back. That means we're taking times to pray, but I think most importantly, we're taking times to listen, to yield, to quiet our hearts, to quiet our minds, to quiet some areas of our life where we need to just allow the Holy Spirit to speak truth to us in prayer, through the word, and just through those gentle whispers. So that's why in our journals, we've, create, we've, we've created a section. It's actually in day three. We move the days around a little bit in these new session journals. But in day three, it's called share and tell. This is a part where you can write down things that God's teaching you and then tell them out. And the first question is this. What is the Holy Spirit teaching me? We really value and we want to promote this sense for us as Christ followers to allow the Holy Spirit to teach us. And then in day two, for just our read and reflect, it says, what truth does God want me to know and how does God want me to live? That's, again, reflections to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us that we can directly apply to our lives. And so with our relationship with the Holy Spirit, we've got to cultivate it, and we've got to communicate in that relationship. We're praying. We're praying. We're reading God's word. We're also quieting our hearts to listen to what the Holy Spirit needs to speak over our lives. And when we do that, it'll help, it'll help us evaluate, which means adjusting our hearts. Maybe that means repenting from a lifestyle, repenting from a certain sin, repenting from a state of mind, to ask for forgiveness, to trust, to love, and to love like we were called to do in the name of Jesus. That helps us evaluate if we're truly living out our gospel-centered life. And like that video showed in the context of 1 Corinthians, Paul was getting these reports as he was going outwardly, being a missionary to other cities, is getting these reports of basically like the church in Corinth was not living for Jesus. They're kind of like, we can do what we want to do. It's all good. 
Like, we're doing our thing, and we're smart, so we, we got it handled. And Paul's like, no, 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 no. Like, you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to redirect your lives to what the true gospel is, not what you have manipulated it to be to fit whatever you want, but to what the truth is in the name of Jesus. And so again, our vision is that this study in 1 Corinthians is gonna open up and maybe adjust and kind of hit those raw spots of our lives and in our heart. That's to allow healing. That's to allow evaluation of some things in our heart. When we read through certain parts of the scripture, for some people it's gonna hit differently than others. But our heart is that you're leaning on the Holy Spirit to allow the truth of the word to hit exactly how it needs to hit. Which is why we have those questions like, what is the Holy Spirit teaching me? That's a pretty like open and raw question, right? But what is the Holy Spirit teaching me? Because as we do that, we will walk in what God's heart and spirit are leading as Christ followers. And that leads to truth and that leads to freedom. And that leads to people far from God being brought into the family of God. And I think we have a great opportunity coming up in these next few months. We're coming into a major, pivotal election season. Season, sorry, can't say my words. Where we need to be seeking the Holy Spirit and praying on the constant. Because it is so easy to allow politics, to allow this article or that thought or this debate truly like shape our spiritual lives. We need to be shaped by the gospel. We need to be shaped by what God is speaking his Holy Spirit out. And that will influence outwardly. So we have an opportunity to truly depend on God's wisdom through his spirit during this time. That means we gotta be praying. We gotta be praying for our leaders. We gotta be praying for what's happening. We gotta be seeking the Holy Spirit every single day as we come to make some pretty big decisions, not only personally, but as a country. So we need to be seeking God's spirit in this. So what I wanna do is I wanna just pray to end our time here. It's, it's short, I know. It's a shorter message. And then I wanna just talk a little bit more about our journals, and then we're gonna call it a day. And I wanna make sure that we understand that next Sunday is when we restart into our sessions. And here's the thing, too, what I love about this study in 1 Corinthians, and it's a theme that many people have been saying to us. They're like, man, like, you guys picked this at the right time. Like, it is so applicable to our current cultural moment and this and that. It's like, it's God's word. It's always going to speak truth into whatever season we're doing. But it's like, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Like, 1 Corinthians is a great study during this time. And I really hope and pray, and this is from the bottom of our, our pastoral staff, that this is challenging us and it's making us pause and to making us like reread the scripture, but like, wait, wait, it's, it said this? And then truly allowing the Holy Spirit to redirect our lives in that truth or to just kind of let that soak in and say like, what needs to adjust? Like to have that evaluation, right? As we're cultivating our relationship and communicating our relationship with the Holy Spirit, we also need to then evaluate like what areas still need to be sanctified or still need to be changed as a Christ follower. And that's a hard, again, Sundays is one day of the week. And so if you're at home live stream and you're watching this, 
We appreciate that. Here in person, we appreciate that. This is great, the gathering of believers. But it's also, there are six other days of our life that we need to be invested in and need to be cultivating, communicating in our, in our spiritual walk um, with the Holy Spirit. So let's go ahead and pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that we have your Holy Spirit that is dependable, that is true, that is pure. To minister to us, to give us truth, and to realign us back to what is your gospel truth, Lord, in every circumstance. So God, right now, as we go forward, let us be reminded that it's an everyday rhythm. This is something that, as a Christ follower, that we just do. It's not a burden. It's just a part of our life. It's just a natural rhythm of allowing your word to speak through our Bible reading, but praying, and also just pausing, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us. So God, by faith, we ask you in your name, in your Holy Spirit, to give us that guidance and give us that power in all circumstance. Pray us in your name. Amen. Well, really quick before we take off, I want to just again give us a, a few directions for our journals. So number one, if you did not pick one up, we have some extras as you leave. For people at home that are watching the live stream, um, we have actually the PDF of this on our website. It's not obviously, you know, binded like a little booklet, but you can at least have it. And then um, if you want, you can come by throughout the week to pick this up. Um, we'll be here Tuesday through Thursday because Monday we're not going to be here with, 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 uh, with Labor Day. Um, but you can pick it up. Um, if you are like, can you mail it to me? Let us know. Email us, call us. We would love to mail this to you because we really believe and we want to value that 49 cent stamp or stamp or whatever it's cost. Maybe it costs like $3 now. I feel like the U.S. Postal Service is like all up in arms. Like, I don't even know what's happening. So we will maybe Amazon air drone it to your house and they'll drop it off right there at your doorstep. We'll figure out a way to get it to you. We want you to dig in. We want you to be a part of what God's doing. So we've changed a few of the days around. It's the same kind of concept, but we just slightly adjusted. We felt like it'd be better to have uh, day three be that share and tell thing. But if you look on just the very intro, like the second page in, that says CFC Connection Reminders, we want to encourage all of us during this time to connect with like one to four people. Some people that you already do life with, that you're already in relationship with, to dialogue on this. They don't have to be from CFC. They can be from other churches or other parts of the country, whatever. We want you to be in dialogue with people. And we said one to four, because if it's you and four people, you can go have coffee together at a restaurant anywhere in town, right? Like that's allowed. Once you get above that five, it makes it a little bit more harder because you're probably not all from the same household. Um, so we say, hey, one to four people, just be in connection with them, be in community with them, and dialogue on this. Share what the Holy Spirit is teaching you. Pray for each other. Not only pray for them, have them pray for you and things that are happening. So we really want to just stress that, like, do this. You can do it over Zoom if you want um, or other digital communications way. Um, but we want to, again, just say, hey, this is a section, this is a, a key thing for this journal is dialogue on it. Also, we want to say find a rhythm, you know, make this something that works for you. I know, like, traditionally, it's always, like, early in the morning, like, is when I seek the Lord, which is absolutely true. But early in the morning for my household, we see miracles of the Lord just getting breakfast on the table for our two small kids, right? It's like... <laughs> Early in the morning, it's like, we're just trying to survive, you know, in this time. And so find a rhythm that makes sense for you. And so for us, it's later at night when kids are in bed and we have like some quiet time to actually 
talk as adults and, and all those things, right? So find a rhythm that makes sense for you. Then also, um, every week we have this little section called Looking for More. Um, that's basically a lot more history or context of the scripture. There's also little QR codes, which your smartphone, if you put your camera app up, it should connect it right to like a link for YouTube or a resource from a website. But we also have things in there where you can type in like the title of that video in YouTube to find it. But it's great stuff, kind of like, 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 like the Bible Project, just things to make the text come more alive, some other uh, areas of scripture to read and dialogue on, just things to kind of encourage you, but also to challenge you to take a deeper next step within your own study. So again, these start September 13th. That's when we're starting chapter six, and it'll be the next five weeks of that journal. Then we'll take a little break on October 18th. That'll be kind of our, our midway point. Then we're gonna, that, then following that, we'll go with our session three journal. So glad you guys joined with us. And in all seriousness, remember Jesus loves you. And so let's love him back by showing our love towards others. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, we'll see you soon. Grab a journal. <laughs>